0: On the podcast, we are answering a question that someone submitted on thewhistleway.com, and I think it's a really good question. I think a lot of people can really get a lot of value out of it, um, and it's about really how to get leads to commit to working with you. Uh, we'll read the question and we'll go further on down down through it, um, but I'm excited to hear your perspective on how you can get leads to commit to you, how you can show your value. Um, whether that be at an open house or anywhere else. So that's what we're talking about on today's podcast.
1: And I think this is specifically coming from a newer agent too, Correct. which I know we have a lot of newer agents that, uh, you tune into the podcast and so want to help you figure out how to get people to actually want to work with you, um, and how to provide value. And we actually hit on some good stuff on our fast forward mastermind this morning that we'll, we'll weave into this. So it should be good.
0: Oh, I love when they coincide. That's awesome. Um, all right. Tell people a little bit about the podcast. <laughs>
1: So, my name is Kyle Whistle with uh, EXP Realty here in San Diego.
0: I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group.
1: And the goal of our show here on the Whistleway Podcast is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. So, just like the question we're going to answer today, that was submitted to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Join our uh, Facebook private group and our email newsletter to learn some of the tips and tricks of what we're doing here at whistle and also get on our referral list for all the people that are leaving California. And lastly, you can get the details on our video content creation course called the media mayor mastermind. We teach you everything. Brian and I have learned over the last eight years of creating content to grow our business. And we're going to share it all with you. All of that's available at the There you go. All right.
0: So I'm going to read the question. This question's from Julio. Um, and I'll read the question. And we'll see where it goes. So he says, Did he write
1: his book yet. His ebook. A different Julio. Oh,
0: okay. Uh, I wanted to check to make sure it was a different Julio, uh, different Julio. So he says, I'm a brand new realtor, but in the mortgage industry for years and still am. I'm on my eighth open house and I'm a solo agent and I've had no luck to find any solid leads. So eight open houses, no solid leads. The few that I found, they run on me before they, before even giving me a shot. I want to show people the value of having an agent like me could be a big benefit for them, but no one seems to be interested. What advice can you give a new agent like me trying to sell himself? Thanks.
1: Cool. Awesome. Well, Julio, appreciate the question. This is solid. I think there's a a few different angles that I want to make sure we tackle on this. Um, One, I want to talk about how to really run an effective open house um, and how to, to get as much mileage out of every open house you do as possible. So I want to hit on that. And then, Secondarily, I want to talk about how to get people to actually want to work with you um, and how to attract versus chase, um, especially when you're trying to get buyers. And we'll talk about some of the strategies, some of the things that, that I've learned over the years to help make that happen.
0: Good. You're going both directions. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's what you wanted, right? I love wanted, it. hundred percent. Right? Okay. So um, open houses, first and foremost, I'm a huge fan of open houses. I get asked all the time by agents if I had a thousand dollars to spend what would I spend it on? Or even if I had $500 to spend you know, as a new agent, what would I spend it on? And that answer every single time is on open houses. Um, assuming you're in a market, you can do them. I understand there might be some markets out there that they're just not possible in, um, but 99% of markets open houses are doable and that's where I would spend that money because when you take that money in, when I say, what am I spending it on? I'm spending it on really high quality signs, not the bullshit you get picking up at Home Depot five minutes before your open house. Which just they're still expensive. House. They are. <laughs> um, so I'm getting nice custom signs made with my contact info, my brand, my colors, my name, all of that stuff. I'm getting A-frames, which you need a lot of A-frames. Um, when those are the metal ones that fold out like the shape of an A. I'm getting the flags to go on the A-frame so that the visibility um, is as high as possible. And then I'm also buying some stakes because there's some areas where stakes work better than A-frames and vice versa. So I like to have a a good combination of stakes and A-frames. And so you should have at least 50 signs. If I'm for a thousand bucks, I should be able to get a a full assortment at um, 50 signs, half A-frames, half stakes and, and be good to go. So that's where I would invest the money. Um, the reason that I'm investing it there is our team consistently is doing 50 to hundred deals a year specifically from open houses and that's specific to the open house itself. That's not all the other things that are spinoffs from the open house because the open house is definitely part of the open house, but it's not, wait, can you say that again? please? Yeah, that, that's what I, I said. I, I'm, I'm, you want that clip. You.
0: Yeah, let's let's repeat that. Want the to open say a house is part of what? Yeah,
1: well, I need to write it down. The open house is part of the open house. Okay, okay, I got yeah. it. That's what the I thought you said. The house is part of the open house. I zoned out for a second. But there's a lot more that's also part of the open house because the if all you're doing is picking a house, putting a few signs out front, sitting at the house for a few hours, and then leaving, that's that is one version of an open house. our version of an open house is very different than that. Mm-hmm. Um, So fun fact, I'm doing one this week. It's my first open house of the year. (laughs) I haven't done one in a long time. Um, So I'll share with you a little bit of what we're doing for this open house. Um, We have mailers that we put together. So we did a um, invitation to our open house. This is a $2 million listing just for perspective. Um, So we do a invitation to the open house, high quality invitation, kind of looks like a wedding invite. Those are getting mailed out. Then in addition to that, we have somebody who's going to deliver flyers to everybody in the neighborhood. We're going to run ads on social media. You know, I am in a position where, and when you're in business, if you're a new agent, you have what we refer to as sweat equity. You have time and you have energy to go out there and, and pound the pavement. When you're at different levels of your business, maybe you have more check equity. So you have sweat equity or check equity. You have some sort of balance between the two. For me right now, I don't have any freaking time. So I don't have the ability to put sweat equity in. So I will pay somebody to go and deliver flyers and knock doors for me. Um, I'm in a sweat equity position, um, but that might no, not check. be you. Or I'm sorry, I'm in a check equity position. That might not be you. My, you might not have the money, but you have the time. You have the opposite of what I have. So you have the ability to go knock at the doors to everybody in the neighborhood and let them know about the open house that you're hosting. Um, you have the ability to call everybody in the neighborhood and tell them about the open house you're hosting. Now, understand your the goal with these knocks and with these calls is not to – tell people about the open house. The open house is the open to the conversation, but the goal is to get into a conversation with somebody who owns a home in the neighborhood and find out one of two things. Who do they know who's looking to move in the neighborhood? So you could potentially have a buyer for the home you're holding open. And number two, are they curious about selling their particular home? Like that, that's your goal with these knocks, with these calls is use the open house to start the conversation. People won't, Um, hang up on you won't slam the door in your face typically when you're just telling them about an open house around the corner so you're gonna get into better conversations but once you're in the conversation the goal is I don't care if they come to the open house the goal is to find out who do they know who's looking to move in the neighborhood or are they curious about selling their home in the neighborhood those are the two things I'm trying to do and at a bare minimum if they're not looking to sell they don't know anybody who's looking to buy I still want to at least get their contact info get them in my database I can start dripping homebot alerts on them. Um, I can get them in my email campaigns, my retargeting, all the, the things that we do are going to start working for me um, to ultimately get uh, more deals out of these open houses. So I'm able to do all these. I'm, I'm also creating content on social media, doing short form video, um, You know, getting that kind of content out there. I'm getting to put my signs all over the neighborhood um with my my name my brand in the neighborhood over and over again like there's so many things that come from the open house that are a part of the open house so when i look at an open house i think of all those things as a part of it i'm not doing an open house if i'm not doing all those things right because makes sense those things are what's going to actually bring you clientele and people in the neighborhood are going to start to respect you a lot too and and think that you're a total badass you could hold the same exact house open every single day for the next six months people don't know they don't follow the signs to figure out what house you're holding open if they see your signs up every day or at least every weekend the perception's reality perception is like man Kyle sells a lot of houses in this neighborhood Julio sells a lot of houses in this neighborhood I see his signs everywhere even though Julio maybe has never sold a home before but the fact that they see they're seeing him on social at these houses they're seeing his signs in the neighborhood he's knocking their doors or he's calling them or he's getting voicemail drops from him he's getting stuff at the door like They're like, man, this Julio guy's a hustler. Like, he's working hard. And you maybe have never sold a home. But perception's reality, and that's perception is going to get you deals.
0: Okay. So we've got that's all pre-work. Yeah. Um, the open house. Talk a little bit about the open house. Um, because I feel like there's there's three parts to the effect of open house, right? It's the pre-work. Yeah. The actual open house. Cause when we were my wife and I were looking to buy places, there was some uh, most of them. Most of them are awkward open houses. Yeah. You walk in, I'm like, "Hello," and they're like, oh, I'm over here in the folding chair in the kitchen." I'm like, "That's that's weird, bro." What? Okay, we'll just I'll just look around. I'll be here playing playing Tetris. I'm like, "Okay, this is so awkward. I just want to leave." But that's obviously not how you want a buyer to feel.
1: Yeah. So when they get to the open house, I mean, we have the French fry man in front of the house. <laughs> That's right. what you call him? French fry man? A lot of people call him French fry man, yeah. Or huh. the flailing arm guy, if Yeah, you flailing arm guy. Most French fry man actually is the more preferred term I've learned. Anyways, I've never we got heard one of the guys with the wavy arms that stands in front of the house, <laughs> and we make a spectacle of it. And people are like, what the hell is going on here? Um, but people will remember, that's the only open house they've ever been to. It has like a 20-foot tall, orange flailing arm guy at the front door. French fry um, man. <laughs> Is this like a French fry waving around? That's what they say. That's
0: a bad French fry. If your French fry looks like that, it's super (laughs) floppy. Like yours more crispy? That's like an in and out.
1: That's like an in and out (sighs) French fry, huh? Yeah. Um, So they have that when they get in the house. There's food. We always have food. We have drinks. We have music. We usually have a team of two to three people hosting the open house, so that when somebody walks in, they get greeted. We're giving them brochures that have tons of information. I saw we got some more books from Authorify on the way. Yep. Um, so we even have books on how to sell your home how to buy homes, all this stuff with some really good information, good stuff from um, keeping current matters as well. Yeah, We have, um, buying and selling, uh, guides from keeping current matters. Like we have a lot of information. So when somebody comes in our open house, they remember it, right? Like, cause there's the one that, that Brian's talking about. That's what most of them are. And somebody comes in, they're getting handed like an MLS sheet, which I can't read MLS sheets. I've done this for 17 years. <laughs> like, um, You know, it's a really negative experience at all the other open houses, and then they walk into your open house, and they're like, whoa, this is is different. These guys are different. And that's what you want. Like, if you want somebody that wants to work with you, they want to work with a person that's different, that stands out from the crowd, that does things differently, that goes above and beyond. And I think if you can do a lot of those things, it's going to increase your conversion rate. So other things, that's just setting the mood for when they walk in the open house. But where I see a lot of people make the mistake is they get somebody at the open house, they get into a conversation with them, and then they tell the person all right great well when i finish up here i'll give you a call we'll set an appointment like what are you you talking about like you're already in conversation with them at the open house like why are you going to try to call them later now you got to chase them yeah when you're in conversation
0: you can't screen their call you can't go oh sorry not not here right now same
1: (laughs) same thing when you're at the door right when you door knock and you get into conversation about the open house like don't be like all right well i'll see you at the open house and hope they show up like you're in conversation have the conversation now um so if I get into a good conversation with somebody, right? I'm just trying to next step them, whatever that might be if they're thinking about buying. You know, if there's another home in the area they want to see, let's set up a time to go see that other home. If they haven't actually sat down for a strategy session, or you might call it a buyer consultation like if they haven't s- sat down for that strategy session, I'm trying to set that appointment up. If they own a home, I'm trying to set up a strategy session to talk about um and give them an equity update. We go over what the value of their home is what they could refinance it for, what they could rent it for, and, and what are some of the investment opportunities. Like, I'm trying to get them to that next step, one of those things, a showing or a buyer-seller strategy session or consultation listing appointment, if you prefer. Um, but I'm trying to next-step them. And when I'm next-stepping them, I'm not calling them later to set it up. I'm like, hey, let's grab your phone. Let's. Our mornings or afternoons better for you. Okay, great. I have this morning and this morning available. And then we're booking the appointment. I'm literally putting it in the calendar right then and there on the spot while they're there. Hey, what's the best email for you? Well, I signed in at the front. Yeah, but you probably gave me your AOL email address. What's your real email address? (laughs) Putting it in. Okay, great. And then what's the best phone for you? And putting that in there. And I'm literally setting the appointment on the spot. And I think that's one of the areas people make the biggest mistake at open houses is they just assume they're going to call everybody and follow up with them later. If you got a fish on the line, reel the fucking fish in. That is what you do. That's why you go fishing. You don't set the hook and be like, oh, I'll, I'll come back to it later. Like, no, you got the fish on the line. Reel it in. Let's go.
0: I hate fishing. I hate everything about fishing. I hate fish. I hate fishing. I hate touching fish. Um, but I, I get your analogy. I just I just. Wait, hate... are you
1: saying like fish and fishing are different? <laughs> I hate everything about fish. <laughs>
0: um, okay, so... I like that a lot, and I I think that is going to help Julio a lot by saying, okay, that's. Let's let's get these people because you don't go to an open house, on accident, right? You either live in the area or you're going to open houses to possibly buy a house. It's it's not you're not like oh this is not my house. I thought this was you go for a reason whether you're a nosy neighbor or you want to buy a house. And so the fact that you haven't had any good leads, I think some of these tweaks are going to help you because. Again, when you go into a store, if you go into the grocery store and someone's like, if you're like, what are you looking for? Like, I'm just browsing. No, you're not. No one ever has gone to the grocery store because I'm like, I wonder if they have milk here. Of course they have milk, right? And so you have people that have an interest in this home and kind of reeling them in is, is, ugh, I hate fishing, is important. All right. So I think that was some good touch points on effective open house. I want to go to the second point before we uh, get too far here. Attracting versus chasing buyers. I know you already said getting them there. But how do you get them, how do you show that they should work with you and you're different?
1: Yeah. So obviously we talked about how you can just separate yourself from the competition at the open house um, with music, with food, with drinks, with your signage, with the marketing materials that you provide, all of that. One of the things that um, our agents have started doing too is we have something we call our VIP buyer agreement. And what we've done is we've taken the things that we do for buyers and, and packaged it up and call it our VIP buyer program. Um, I've heard of people calling it their buyer advantage program or their VIP this, that, like whatever name, I don't care. Name whatever the hell you want. We don't have anything trademarked on this. So you can make it whatever Yet. name you want. Um, but The Who's you, Advantage. Yeah, there you go. Um, but if your pitch of like why somebody should work with you as a buyer's agent is like, I'm going to help you find a property. I'm going to negotiate you a good deal. Like that's like a server at a restaurant saying, I'm going to bring you food. Like, I mean, that's, that's expected. I'm going to take your order and bring it back to you. Yeah. No shit. That's your fucking job. Right. (laughs) Like I get that. But like, what makes you different? What makes you special? Like we were in Nashville. We went to this restaurant and half of, it was one of the best restaurants I've ever been to. Half of why it was one of the best restaurants was the server. Right. The the level of detail, the explanations he provided, the engagement, you know, throughout the dinner, like he made that experience that much better. That like I want to go back and have that exact same server. Not only go back to that restaurant because the food was good, but I want him as my server because it was that good of an experience. You should because, hire him to work here. <laughs> yeah, because he went above and beyond, right? He didn't just bring the food to the table, because that that's what a server does. Like, no, he made it an experience for us. So think about what are you doing to make it an experience for a buyer? What are you doing differently? Because if if you just say I'm going to help you find a house and and negotiate you a deal, yeah, that's your job. But what are you doing, right? So think about some of the things that you do for buyers that would be attractive. Like, you know, some of these you now we've invested money in some of these and some of these things are free. Um we have a moving truck. We actually have 3 of them now, but we have a moving truck. So um, for those of you that are running bigger teams or brokerages, like that's a pretty worthwhile investment. We pay like a thousand bucks a month to have this truck. And now our clients get to use it to help out with their move. We let charities, schools use it. Um, we let our sellers use it if they need to you know, run to the dump and do stuff like that. Um, that's a really good investment in it. And our trucks, the reason we have three is our, our main truck is used like 27 days a month. The other trucks are used 10 or 20 days a month, but that's a value prop, right? Like Work with me because you get to use a moving truck for free. Like, that's a value prop. Um, maybe you guarantee that you'll get somebody a home warranty on their deal. Like, maybe you're you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. If you can't negotiate in the deal, you'll pay for it. Um, think about things like that. Like, what are you willing to do for your client that maybe not everybody else is willing to do?
0: And here's the other thing, because when you put it that way, I think it can get overwhelming and be like, well, I don't know what, you know, how, how many... Th- hundreds of thousands of realtors are there in the United States? Like, well, I, I don't know what's unique and I, I can't come up with that. Someone I heard, and I don't remember who it was, it might've been Cheplak, it might've been Dan Beer, it might've been someone from EOS, I don't remember. But they said, if they're not advertising it, then no one else knows that they do it. So so they may have, you may have the exact same um, program as someone else, but if they're not telling people about it, we, we sometimes we get so caught up in oh, uh, well, th- this is just how it goes, right? Because we deal with it every day. We know about the moving truck. But if we're not advertising it to our clients, they don't know. And so it could be a, a, a lending program you connected with and that you advertise. It could be um, something that you do on a daily basis. You give it a name. And when you then advertise it, if if Kyle and I offer the same thing and I'm running ads and I'm telling you about it and I have marketing material about it and Kyle doesn't, you're going to think I do it and Kyle doesn't do it. And so sometimes you don't have to think about what you're doing different, but see what you guys are all doing that the consumer doesn't necessarily know you do and advertise it and give it a name. And, and it could be, you know,
1: a good example. We part of our VIP is we have a 24 seven house hunting system. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? We have a website that's updated within 15 minutes, 24 hours a day that is going to notify you. As soon as a new property hits the market, you're going to get a notification regarding that property. Like that's something that you're doing. You just, haven't actually thought to like talk about it or to, to give it a name. And when you do that, now that it starts to mean something to people, other people don't give it a name. They just, every, they assume everybody knows that's what they do and, and therefore it doesn't have value.
0: So yeah, what I would recommend is you list out all the things you do and, and part of it's going to be negotiating. Part of it's going to be finding off market properties. Part of it's going to be your marketing for uh, absentee sellers, whatever you do, make a list of it. And I don't care if 90% is the same, Maybe you say, okay, I want to cut this. I want to cut this. This doesn't add any value. Everyone talks about this. And so you have seven things on there. One, give each of them a name. So it's not website. It's not, you know, we, we partner with HomeLite or Zillow. Like, you know, give everything a name and then give that combination a name. And now now, the, the Julio Advantage, no one else offers the Julio Advantage. Why should I work with you? Oh, because the Julio Advantage, it comes with this, 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 this. Oh, wow. I want that. Everyone, even if everyone else does it, they haven't packaged it and they haven't named it unless you have another, there's gonna be like three Julios of like, we all have the Julio advantage now. <laughs> Somebody
1: just registered Julioadvantage.com. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but again, that's going to help. I want to see the exact words you said of, I want to show people the value of having me as an agent and why it could be a big benefit for them. hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's yep. why.
1: So yeah, we talked about this on our fast forward mastermind this morning of How do we send properties to clients and what most agents do is they meet somebody at an open house whatever and they set the client up on a search and then they just sit on their ass and they wait for the client to call text email them like hey brian can when can i go see one two three main street like if you think you're doing your job by putting your client on a search and waiting for them to call or text you like i don't know not only are you not doing your job, I don't know that you deserve to get paid. Like, cause they can do that themselves. Like, I don't know if you guys know, there's like a website called Zillow, realtor, Redfin. Like they can go on those websites and do the same fucking thing. Like, what are you actually doing to earn your commission? Um, so are you like in Carly from our team, she was talking about how she's put like her second or third FISBO deal under contract. Like she has a client who's looking for a property. She's not only looking on the MLS, she's looking for FISBOs. and if there's nothing, she's going and knocking doors and looking at old expireds, and she's getting creative, trying to find that property for a client if it's not on the market, like she's earning her money. Which are is, you actually like reviewing the results? Like, um, we talked on our fast forward mastermind that like when we're working with a client, Um, Dan and I have the search come to us and we review the search and then tell the client, right? Like we tell them, hey, Brian, I found this house. I know you want, you know, a, a three, two single story with a pool and a view like this checks all the boxes. This is this is a great one for you. And then Dan talked about one that I thought was really cool that I want to start incorporating is doing the opposite, telling them. Hey Brian, you probably are gonna see this one pop up on 123 Main Street today. It's not I for already you. looked at it. It's not a fit for you um, because it just doesn't have the view and there's no way to get a view out of it. So you're probably gonna get a notification about it, but I already looked at it for you. Like mm-hmm. just, just so like you that. just so you're showing them that like you're working. I'm I'm searching for you, I'm looking, I'm hunting. Like that's your job.
0: Yeah, we had we did a podcast, I did a podcast with Justin Verdugo here. And we talked about the same thing. Um, and he says he he breaks his dials up in the day. In the morning, he calls agents. In the afternoon, he calls his clients. So he calls the agents and says, hey, you know, this might be a fit for my client. They're looking for a view, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, oh, no, there's no view. So then he knows to tell his client it's not going to be a good fit because he can get the inside information. He's building those relationships with the realtors. But he can also say, hey, do you have anything else coming up? Oh, I got a one bedroom, one bath. I actually do have another client that that would be good for. So now he's getting the inside scoop, not only on that property, maybe a property that's been sitting for 45 days or 65 days that, Hey, this, this wasn't for you client because you wanted a pool, but they're willing to drop a 200 grand. You can put a pool in for a hundred. Like we're good. Um, and so yeah, going out and doing more work. So I love that as well. So again, name that, uh, of, you know, your, 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 uh, agent farming campaign or don't say that because consumers won't know what that means but name it something and then hey i do this i spend three hours or two hours every day calling listing agents so um again give them the inside scoop i like that
1: awesome well hopefully that was helpful for you guys i think there's some really good stuff in there um just go all out with your open houses like literally do everything every time I tell our agents I'd be doing at least two open houses a week, if not three or four, especially if I'm trying, you know, new, just trying to get my business up and running. Go hard, do all the things every time. I don't care if it's hundred grand or hundred million, like do all the things every time. And then just start to think about all the things that you do. Give them names, um, you know, and market all the things you're going to do. Make sure to articulate all the things you're going to do to people, so that they want to work with you. So they see that you're different than the competition. And now you'll start attracting people into you instead of having to chase them, which it sounds like Julio's getting stuck doing right now.
0: I guess we didn't need the 25 minute podcast. Just that that last 45 seconds. There it is. That's <laughs> the that's all you need.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of that. If you did, if you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could uh, write a review. Um, about the podcast, that means a lot to us. It's really hard to get podcast reviews. So if you can write one, we would really appreciate it. And if you are watching on YouTube, if you can hit the thumbs up button, let YouTube know you enjoyed the episode. If you got some questions, throw them in the comment section. Brian and I personally respond to all of those. And then if you want more of our content on there, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell and YouTube will take care of the rest. Um, Before we wrap up the show today, one of the things we like to do is share something we call our whistle widget of the week. This is something we utilize in our business. It saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. What do you got for us, Brian?
0: So this is a tool that we probably should've got a long time ago, um, but now with the, the improvement in technology, it makes a lot more feasible financially and storage-wise. Um, every once in a while when we're photographing a property, we get there, and especially when it comes to evening shots, they might have no lights up in the windows or um, you know the the bottom story is really bright, and up top they have you know a, a single lamp in the master bedroom, and you're like, well, wow, it's really dark. And when I'm shooting it from the outside, it's really dark. We invested in these little lights. They're called the uh, Glorious Light, 50 um, watt LEDs. I think we got six of them, and they're little battery powered LEDs, kind of like the the big work lights that you see at Home Depot. Um, but those are big, heavy, they can break, they're they're hot. Uh but we got these little lights so that way we can put them in the rooms. So when we're photographing from outside, we'll get some true light from inside. Um they they're pretty decent. Um some again, something we should have done a while ago, and something that's especially helpful. Um I mean, it, even if you're doing an open house and say you're doing an open house and a hoarder house, they're they're also battery powered, so that way you can walk around with them. Um Know oh, nice little lights, they're like 30 bucks a piece, um, and put out a decent amount of light.
1: Cool, uh, mine. I was just at our um, lake house in Nashville that we short term rent when we're not using it, and I realized how handy it is to have the right kind of smart TVs. There's obviously most all TVs have some sort of smart connection built into them, some have, um. Google built in, some have um, Fire TV built in, and some have Roku, some have Apple. They all have different things built in. I've definitely become a fan of having the TV, smart TVs that have Roku built in, and the reason for that is, one, all these platforms, you can connect all the streaming systems to them. But some people don't have streaming systems. Like, we assume, we're millennials, we assume everybody streams everything. Like, that's just, we assume is normal. But believe it or not, there's people who literally have never subscribe to a single streaming service in their entire life so Trust if they out. <laughs> if they roll up to your airbnb or short-term rental and go to load the tv and they're like what what is this Hulu thing and spotify like what are all these different things like they're overwhelmed they don't know what to do and your tv is useless to them and most of the time people with short-term rentals you don't pay for like cable and stuff like that um But you have internet like you pretty much have to have internet at your short-term rentals roku what's cool is they actually have some live tv channels built into it that require no login no streaming service or anything it's just part of uh, roku's streaming service built in so it's pretty cool to have because i've used fire sticks for years and they don't have that you have to have a you know youtube tv or hulu or something in order to have some tv but with the roku's Even if somebody doesn't log into a single streaming service, there's live TV built in.
0: It's like the old, uh, what do they call it, rabbit ears? Yeah. They have like those, like the eight channels or six channels. Yeah, but
1: it has a decent amount of channels. So um, if you have short-term rentals and you need to buy TVs, I would just strongly recommend you go with TVs that have Roku built into them. Um, And then we have Rokus on every single one of the TVs in the house, so they're all using the same system. Um, I've seen some people just buy like whatever the cheapest TVs are, but now you got like one is running on one system and running on that system. Like it's confusing as hell for your clients, uh, or your guests that are staying there. So just go all Roku all the way through. Uh, and I think you'll be really happy and your guests will be happy too. Cause they'll have TV no matter what, even if they have no streaming services to log into.
0: I was trying to see which TVs have that. Uh, because TCL is the one yeah. that we
1: have, and they're very inexpensive. Yeah. Um, so TCL is like a very cheap brand, but they're—I mean, honestly, do you really care about picture quality at a short-term rental? Like nobody cares anymore, and the quality no. is great. Um, so TCLs—you, I mean—you're picking up these TVs for two, three, four hundred bucks a piece with yeah. Roku built into them. Um, they're fantastic.
0: Yeah, it looks like it's on the lower end TVs, but again, perfect for short-term rentals. Yeah, and perfect. I mean, how
1: somebody might like get thrown through a TV at some point. So you don't even want super expensive TVs. No. It's a waste of money in a short-term rental. Easy. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of the show today. Um, and if you have questions, you can always submit them, whistleway.com We love having questions. Give us some ideas of what you want to hear about so we can create the right kind of content on the show moving forward. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I'm Brian Kochi. We'll see you next time.